Hello, and welcome to the What Are You podcast, where we explore aspects of race and identity through a biracial and multiracial lens. I'm your co-host, Paula Thomas, and I'm joined with my brother, Mr. Stacey Thomas. What's going on, y'all? So, Stace, I'm a little angry. You're angry? Why? Why is that? So even though we have known for a, a while now, and you and I have discussed it before in this pod, that... The Supreme Court was going to overturn Roe versus Wade and no longer protect abortion rights. Uh, it's something else when it actually lands, when it actually happens. And I'm angry. Yeah, it's a slap in the face to all those people who actually originally fought for the right for women to have an abortion, uh, to, just women in general to have autonomy over their bodies and reproductive rights. And we talked about it before, we knew it was coming, but once it actually arrives and the decision's actually handed out, it hits different. It just hits differently. You you feel something different. It hurts your heart. It hurts uh, the, the pit of your stomach. It's a slap in the face to, to, to all women out there, this decision. Yeah, I think for me, where it lands the most is that it is an egregious overstep an egregious overstep by mostly men, but some women too, to make these decisions for me and other women. Like it's not their place. They are not involved. It should be between that woman, her doctor and her family if she wants them to participate. And I think when we talk about autonomy that you said, Stace, it's exactly right. So I just want to remind our audience, though, that abortion at this point isn't outlawed across the entire country, but there are 13 states that have abortion trigger laws, which means that once this uh, row is overturned, which is today, the day that we're recording, there's a 30-day countdown and those for those laws to become an effect to ban abortion, however those legislatures in those 13 states saw fit. And that could be without exceptions to rape per incest. There could be different types of, uh, no, you know, 10 days, no days um, from conception. It's going to be different from each state. And then, of course, we will have some states that will um, uphold their abortion laws or maybe even strengthen them. But they're probably going to see an influx of women from around the country. So, yeah, I mean, you said that there's some women involved with this. There's actually only one woman who's a Supreme Court justice that was part of this decision. Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, so it was mainly one woman and five men. I, I don't agree 100% with it being an overstep of what you stated, Paula, because there have been times when the Supreme Court has overruled a previous precedents, and sometimes that has been due to racial segregation and voting rights, etc. The difference is, in this case, uh, is when the Supreme Court's doing this, this is the first time we've seen uh, them overturn a previous Supreme Court precedent or ruling that takes away rights, not grants more. And so this is what we're starting to see. And as you know, this could lead to more rights being repealed. What I meant by overstep was not that it was an overstep of the law, in terms of re, you know changing a precedent, it was an overstep in that they thought, they think that they can make decisions for myself and my body. That's, that's the overstep. They don't get to make that decision. 
And I just rem- and I just want to remind our audience that banning abortions doesn't stop abortions. One of the goals is to make it a safe practice so that women weren't going to unlicensed and unregulated uh, people for those services that might put them at unnecessary risk or cause them great harm um, to even death. And I have some numbers here for you from the Gutmaker Institute. Uh, in 2020, women in the U.S. had over 930,000 abortions, up 8% from 2017. So this need is not going to go away. Yeah, and I know some people who argue the so-called pro-life folks, and let's be real, it's really pro-forced birth, are trying to say that life is sacred, whatever, and it conception, that's when life begins, even though there's no proof of that. And some people might even cite their religious faith. And there's religious faith that actually even goes the other way, which says uh, we should be protecting the mother at all costs if, if there's, you know, any kind of medical complications, etc. So I don't buy those arguments. But this also, as we know, a lot of people who are pro-forced birth with their lines that li- all life is sacred are not really looking at the conditions in terms of which some of that life is coming into this world. Uh, so we know that currently right now in the United States, there's a baby formula shortage. Mm. So it can't promote that. We also know that a lot of young people are having to deal with mass shootings in schools. Mm. We also know that the cost of college education is continues to go up. Mm-hmm. Inflation's really high. Climate change continues to get worse. So all these things that are affecting life, I don't really see the people who are pro-force birth actually trying to get behind. It's just a means, really, to control the lives of women who may want other things in their life other than to be a mom in that particular moment, whether that's pursuing uh, you know, some form of education, job, or just life in general. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but just uh, giving them the freedom to do so. And it's something that we as men, we're not affected by that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for us to have a say in that matter, and there's currently no legislation which dictates how a man's body should be treated. Mm -hmm. So we have to see this as an inherent systemic marginalization of women and who gets to say things. So it's it's just really, really anti-women. So the Supreme Court kicked abortion back out to the states to legislate on. But you know what they didn't let the states do, Stace? What? They didn't let the states or cities make their own gun legislation. Yesterday, the Supreme Court shot down a New York gun law that, according to the New York Times, says that Americans would have the right to carry firearms in public for self-defense, a ruling that is likely to lead to more people being legally armed. And this comes in the wake of that mass shooting in Buffalo, where 10 black people were killed at the top supermarket. That neighborhood, by the way, still does not have a a supermarket. I believe uh, uh, that Tops is not open at this time. So they're having to do some other supplemental ways to get uh, groceries to people out there. Also, I know that New York obviously had passed some gun laws and also California was also looking to strengthen their gun laws, especially in the wake of Uvalde, Texas, where 19 children and two adults, teachers were killed as well. Yeah. So again, this goes back to what I was saying previously. So I think it's very astute that you pointed out, Paul, like the Supreme Court said it was up to the states on abortion, but not for guns. Mm -hmm. That's a big contradiction. 
we'll see. And again, we're, we're talking about, you know, they say all life is sacred, but you're, you're allowing people to have these machines whose sole purpose is to bring death. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and not and, some like old school six shooter. These are like mass weapons. So these, these are automatic weapons. These are a lot of times military grade issue. Uh, there's no uh, assault rifle bans. Uh, the, the, what we need to know is about the Supreme Court ruling overturned New York's state laws where they are allowed to conceal and carry. So previously, New York State had these really strict gun laws, made it difficult for somebody to have concealed weapon and carry. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, Supreme Court said, like, nope, that's actually infringing on Second Amendment and right to bear arms. So, you know, as long as you're a law-abiding citizen, you're allowed to conceal and carry a gun. Mm -hmm. So, Stace, of course, gun laws affect the society at large. But how do you think it will impact communities of color? Yeah, so that's a good question to bring up. Because the reason why you would even carry firearms because you feel like you want to protect something, whether it's your life, the life of other people's, maybe it's property, etc. And so a lot of times people are authorized to use a firearm uh, if they fear for their lives. Mm -hmm. And so what we have seen, though, in, in practice is people of color have actually been killed because white people have feared for their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's enough justification for them to shoot them and possibly even kill them. Right. And that fear doesn't have to be rational. No. So black and brown people are at risk. Yeah. So th those are a lot of times uh, black and brown people who don't have weapons. Mm -hmm. And then let's, let's put that on like when mm. people of color do have weapons. Yeah. They're perceived as a threat. They're not perceived like as law-abiding citizens who are allowed to conceal and carry. Mm -hmm. They're seen like, oh, no, they're dangerous individuals. I mean, one example of that is Philando Castile, who had a gun permit, had his a weapon on him, let the police officer know that that was happening and was killed and shot anyway because the officer feared for his life. Yeah, so we see an unequal application in terms of of this law and... These laws that the Supreme Court is saying they're written or applied in very colorblind fashion. Mm -hmm. They're not taken into account in terms of like we are a racialized society. And so things happen differently for different groups of people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't account for that. And this will even make policing more difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have more weapons or more guns on the street, it makes it more difficult for a police officer to execute their job and to do and to do policing because they now have to perceive more people as potential threats. And that, as we can see, has led to not necessarily uh, great shows of judgment mm. uh, from some police officers, particularly when it comes to people of color. So, you know, it just makes it really difficult all the way around. So the theme today has been the Supreme Court rulings and how they're affecting our lives day to day. And I I guess I worry and I question. So we all thought with, you know, the civil rights movement and with Martin Luther King that they signed the Voting Rights Act in the 60s that that was, you know, codified and solidified and set into law. We thought the Roe versus Wade that abortion rights would be protected. And I think it begs to question what next? I think a lot of people in the LGBTQ community are feeling very vulnerable right now. Mm -hmm. um, we thought we settled gay marriage, right? Is that at stake? And I think it now puts us in a position where the Supreme Court is very much out of step with everyday Americans and where the culture is sort of at. 
Yeah, again, I mentioned before, the Supreme Court was definitely making decisions that led to more progress, uh, increasing the rights of people. The last time we saw was allowing gay marriage. But uh, as we could see, uh, there was also rolling back of the Voting Rights Act that took place, you know, Mm -hmm. nine years ago. There is also to be currently seeing, at least turning back to the states, Roe v. Wade and abortion is not a constitutional right. We're seeing kind of rights being taken away and not expanded. So we're also learning that once progress happens, that doesn't mean it's, it's, like you said, Paula, like set in stone, like you have to continue to fight and maintain it Mm -hmm. and not just allow it to like, oh, it's already been figured out. So you don't have to think about that anymore. If certain conditions happen, those things can be taken away Mm -hmm. real easily. So what's the remedy for all of this, Stace, if there is one? There's no current remedy in the near future. The one that I would say that we say all the time on this podcast is continue to vote. Like you just have to vote every single time. It's primary season in a lot of states. I know here in California, we just voted a couple weeks ago. Uh, So Things are coming up in November for the midterms for a lot of states. You just have to participate in democracies all the time, all the time, all the time. And don't think that it's just going to just happen because it already has been set and established and therefore it's going to be that way from here on out because it's not. And we could see that from the prices of things that are going up really high. Gas prices high, groceries are high, mm-hmm. you know, airline travels high. We thought at one point it's going to be low and stay low. It's not, it's not the case. Uh, we might have gotten used to just a lot of different things then things just don't necessarily operate in a linear fashion or aren't maintained. We actually have to do work in order to have the life and lifestyles that we want to lead in the societies and the communities in which we want to live in. And I think that just means to you have to find out who these elected officials are. What do they stand for? What is their stance on abortion? And I think we need to find out who's for voting rights, who's for um, some common sense gun legislation, who are for keeping our rights for gay marriage who are for doing something about climate change as we burn up again another summer. The challenges facing us are quite real. And I know, especially in the wake of a pandemic, I know it can be really overwhelming. And I'm not trying to play our time is easy as compared to other generations. I would just say more that every generation has challenges and these are ours. What are you pod listeners? I know this is a short episode today, but... Emergency podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we just, uh, after the current rulings, uh, we just needed to get this out, talk about it with each other and with you guys, and we appreciate it. And I hope that sparks some conversation for you and your family and your community. If you are feeling the same way, know that we are in solidarity with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Feel free to follow us on our Instagram page, What Are You Pod, where we put out posts whenever we have new episodes. And feel free to email us at whatareyou1619 at gmail.com if you have any tips, suggestions, topic ideas for us. Uh, love to hear your feedback. Yeah, make sure that you are hitting the subscribe button wherever you get in your podcast, letting you know when a new episode drops, especially these emergency podcasts. I'm Paula Thomas. And I'm Stacy Thomas. Stay safe and healthy. Bookie Calavera, Minnesota, y'all. Thank mm-hmm. you.